0: Welcome to the next message from Encounter Church. For more information about our church, visit us online at EncounterPGH.com. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the message. Well, we are uh, in the middle of our Advent Driven Life message series that we've been doing all throughout the month of December and Uh, Advent is a very traditional term, which means the coming of something important, particularly we're talking about the coming of the Savior, Jesus Christ. And during the Advent season, we want to show the world, at this church particularly, that that the world, that Christmas is more than just the concept of acquiring more and more stuff, but that Christmas is really about, and Advent is about pursuing Jesus and waiting for a Savior who has the ability to change our lives. And so all this month, we're going through what we call the Advent-driven life. We're exploring four portraits of Individuals or characters from the Bible in relation to the birth of Jesus and seeing how they came across Jesus and what it did in their life and how we can apply that in our life. So during this Advent season particularly, but also beyond into our daily lives, even into the new year. Last week, we talked about seeking for God, seeking after God. And we said that we can either seek after God to find the answers to the questions that we face in life Or we can seek out information to satisfy our internal desire, but ultimately to fit it into our own worldview and remain the same. So we had the option of either letting the answers that we find in God change us or seeking out information only really to just keep our own life going. The big idea last week is that the search for God is only worth it if we allow the answers that we find to transform us. Well, this week, we're talking about another aspect of the Advent-driven life, which we're calling the wonder of God. We started out with, with waiting for God, and then we moved into seeking for God, and now we're talking about the wonder of God. When I think about the word wonder, I think about awe. I typically think of, of a child's face. I think we have some images on the screen here. There's nothing quite like the image or the, or the picture of a, of a beautiful child who's discovering something for the first time. Any of you parents out there, you know what I'm talking about, or maybe you've ever worked with kids. Some of our children's uh, workers go downstairs and they get to spend time with our kids and they'll see this smile on their face or, or a sense of of, of, an, of wonderment and awe in their life. We see it when kids visit Santa Claus, you know, at the mall or when... When they see him in a parade or even on uh, the the Thanksgiving Day parade sometimes, the kids get so excited when they see Santa Claus and their face just lights up and there's just a reverence. There's an awe and a wonder that we see in kids. The same thing is true when they wake up in the mornings and and we see the presents. I don't know about you. I have that same face sometimes when I see the presents under the tree on Christmas morning. There's just this sense of wonder and an awe. But in kids, with children, we expect it. We, we revere it when we see a child who has just a childlike, we even call it a childlike wonder. We expect children to have this, to display wonder in their lives. But for adults, as adults, we often feel like we've lost it. I mean, most of us don't go around with that sense of wonder and awe in our lives, but we expect it from children. Have you ever experienced something so powerful in your life that you felt a sense of awe or wonder? This week as I was preparing my message, I started to think about it because I like to begin my messages with stories from my own life. I feel like it's important for me to help you understand that I'm just like you. And so as I was thinking this week, I was trying to think of an example in my life of a time when I felt wonder or awe. And I had a hard time thinking of one. Not, Not in a sense of like, oh, poor Jared, but I guess think about yourself. Have you experienced a time in your life where you can think of something where you were genuinely in awe or in wonder? As an adult, we might have a hard time thinking of a specific example. I think it's just, this is what happens to us as we kind of grow up. As kids, we see it all the time. But with adults, for some reason, we have seem to have lost that. I think we live in a world where so much of what we see and experience is kind of like old hat. We see it in movies. For example, I just went and saw Star Wars, The Force Awakens yesterday, and it was incredible. But here's the thing, is that we have seen such wonderful technology built into movies that what we see, we know isn't real, and yet it just seems kind of like old hat, right? But but when they first created movies, when the idea of a moving picture house first came out, 100 years ago, when people went to the movie theater, they were in such awe and wonder over what they were seeing on the screen because it was something they'd never seen before. The concept of people moving in real life on a screen was was something that was beyond their mind's understanding. But because we live in a world where with YouTube and the internet and TV and movies and all of it is so incredibly done that everything just sort of feels like we've seen it before, right? And this is this, I think it goes into this idea that we feel like we have lost a sense of wonder. So how do we get back to a place of wonder? Is there anything that can truly inspire the kind of awe that we see in children? Well, there's a story in the Bible of some men who found themselves caught up in an unexpected scenario that caught them completely off guard and ultimately, it changed their lives forever. Let's, let's, let's explore that passage today and see what they experience, if we can experience what they found. If you have a Bible with you, I encourage you to pull it out and open it to Luke chapter 2. If you have your, uh, your smartphones or a tablet like myself, uh, download the Bible app, open it up, and open to Luke chapter 2. We'll also have the verses on the screen here for you as well. Luke chapter 2, we're going to begin in verse 7. Verse 7, and so we're going to immediately, we're going to find this very famous woman. Her name is Mary. Anybody ever heard of Mary? Anybody? Okay. So it says this, she gave birth to her first son, her first child, a son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. So now we have the context of where we're at. We know Jesus was just born. Verse 8 is really where we're going to go for today. That night, so that same night, there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. We're going to pause here for a second. I want you to imagine the scene. In this moment, in a town over here, a small town called Bethlehem, a baby was born. Nobody really knew what was happening. It wasn't. There was no fanfare. There was no parade. There was nothing. There was a little baby who was born, maybe in a cave. We think of a manger. It was sort of like a place where the animals were at. Okay? So this was not any, any important location. Jesus had just been born. Meanwhile, outside of the city on a hillside, there were shepherds. Many people think that the shepherds were actually raising the flocks who would be sacrificed in the temple in Jerusalem because Bethlehem was not so far away. So, so, these shepherds, their job literally was to take care of the animals that were on the pasture side, and they're in the middle of the night. Now, I don't know if, if you can picture this. If you've been out into the countryside in the middle of the night, it's a lot different than being in the city. There are no street lamps, there are no cars going by, there is no airplanes going overhead. These guys, it was pitch black, and all they had with them was maybe, maybe a fire, perhaps, maybe a lantern that they had. It was dark, it was quiet, there was no noise whatsoever. And the Bible says, suddenly an angel appeared, and the radiance of God's glory filled the night. Okay, so now these guys sitting there, maybe laying on the grass, their head on a pillow, maybe occasionally they hear a sheep, you know, and they hear that happening, and then all of a sudden, boom! Out of nowhere comes an angel with its light, bright lights. I mean, if you've, you've seen this, you know what I'm talking about. In the middle of the night, if someone flips a light on in your room, all of a sudden you're just bewildered because of this radiant light that happened. This is what the scene was like for them. It continues. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them. Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, which the Messiah is a a Jewish word, a Hebrew word, meaning the Savior, the anointed one. The Messiah was the one they were waiting for. Yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And I can imagine this moment, they're like, wait a minute, that's, that's just right there. Verse 12, and you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. And then another suddenly, Suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast host of others. So now, in that moment, there was one. They maybe just got used to the one, and now all of a sudden, the scope of this whole event just expanded. And now they're standing there, seeing not just one angel, but the entire sky now filled with what appears to be an army of angels. It says, and it it says right here uh, Suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, and they were praising God, and they were saying, Glory to God in highest heaven. is not the people not the shepherds here this is the angels saying glory to god in highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom god is pleased when the angels had returned to heaven the shepherds said to each other let's go to bethlehem i mean it's literally like three blocks away let's see this thing that has happened which the lord has told us about verse 16 so they hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph, and there was the baby lying in the manger. And after seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened, and what the angel had said to them about this child. And all who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. But Mary kept all these things in her heart, and thought about them often. The shepherds then went back to their flocks, glorifying God and praising God for all that they had heard and seen. It was just that the angel. Had told him. What an incredible moment. What an incredible moment. In the middle of the night, while nothing was happening, an ordinary evening, all of a sudden, God sends a messenger to intersect with average, everyday people who are not expecting anything, and all of a sudden, their lives changed forever. This grand, supernatural display and this angelic announcement. Could you imagine what it would be like to be in that moment? Could you imagine what it would be like to be doing your job and all of a sudden, boom, suddenly God shows up in, in the form of an angel? Actually, the Bible doesn't say that it is God. He sends one of his angels and comes along and makes this incredible announcement that would change the world. How would you respond in that moment? Could you think about like, what your response would be? Well, the, the, the shepherds actually had their own responses. One of them was terror. The first thing that they thought of when they saw this moment when they were just out of the blue, it's almost like a flash went off on a camera, and then all of a sudden there's an angel standing in front of them. first thing that happened to them was terror. In verse 9, it says, suddenly the angel appeared to them and radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified. They were terrified. I think it's a pretty natural response to be afraid. First of all, most of these people had never even seen any kind of angel. You got to remember at this point, it had been 400 years Between the last book of the Old Testament and when Matthew or Luke and these Gospels had written, the the prophets had been silent. God had, for all intents and purposes, had not spoken to people in any kind of prophetic voice for 400 years. So the last thing this guy or these shepherds were thinking was, all of a sudden, I'm going to hear from God tonight. No, like, so all of a sudden, boom, this, this being shows up who is radiating light. Their first thought is terror. But the angel immediately says, don't be afraid. That's interesting. The second response to this angelic announcement that they had was curiosity. So once they were able to get past their fear, then they were like, wait, wait, what did you say? Can you, can you say that again? Verse 15 says, when the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, well, let's, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's Let's see this thing that's happened, which the Lord has told us about. These guys, once they realized and their minds had processed what took place in this this moment, there was, a, there was something that clicked in there. They said, wait a minute. He said the Messiah was coming. He was born. That's right there. Like, this is incredible. This is, this is what we've been waiting for. I don't know what to expect, but let's go. And so they did. They went and they ran. So first they experienced terror. But then when the peace of God came over them because the angel said, don't be afraid. We're here to give you good news. Then it sunk in and curiosity set in and they, they went. And finally, their curiosity after they had witnessed this birth of Jesus, that they got there and they saw this baby and the angel had told them exactly what was going to happen. And now they get there and they see exactly what they said had taken place and something happened inside of them in that moment. Something happened that wasn't just like an average person or an average baby. The angels of heaven's armies spoke to that something important was happening, the Messiah was here, and all of a sudden they went from terror to curiosity and something clicked in their mind. They realized that now this baby that was in front of them was the one they had waited for, the one who had the power and the ability to change lives forever, who could reconnect them with their creator, the God in heaven who created the entire universe. And their only response at that moment was wonder and praise. Verse 20 says that the shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen. Unlike Simeon and Anna that we talked about in week one with waiting for God, and unlike the Magi that we talked about last week that were seeking after God, the shepherds weren't looking for God that night. They were just minding their own business. Their biggest priorities were staying warm and making sure that their sheep didn't get eaten by wolves. That was what their job was. But before that night was over, the shepherds experienced something and they had stood in the presence of what we know as the incarnate one Jesus the reason that Jesus is so important and why they had this response of wonder and praise wasn't because it was just a baby I mean, all of us have been seen newborn babies. In fact, this week alone, two of our friends have had babies, and it's wonderful, and it's great, but it does not inspire the kind of wonder and awe in my life as, as it did to the shepherds who went and saw Jesus. The reason that Jesus is so important is because he is the, the incarnate one. He is a baby, a human being, just like you and I, flesh, bones, but he is incarnated with the actual spirit and divinity of God, literally in the form of a baby, who grew up to be a man who eventually one day gave his life on a cross, sacrificing himself for us so that we could live. I mean, that is what's the importance of this, is that, that God chose to come to earth and to live like us. He didn't just announce himself as this divine being. He lived a life so he could identify with us. I think that's incredible. And that's where the word Emmanuel comes from. The angels told Mary he will be called Emmanuel, which means God with us. I don't know any other religion who claims that their God loves their people so much that he is with them, that he lives life with them, accompanies them. He's present. That's beautiful to me. But here's something interesting that I came across in my study this week. And I don't think, I think I've often overlooked it. The shepherds were actually invited to join in this grand event and meet Jesus face to face. In fact, verse 12 says this. He says, and you... Will recognize him by this sign. So what we see is in this moment, these angels come and they're saying that the Messiah has just been born and this wonderful thing. And it doesn't say that, like, hey, just so you know it's happening. He turns to them and says, And you will recognize him. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. This was not just a public service announcement. This was an invitation. This was a moment for them to experience the incarnate one, the living one, Jesus. It was an appeal. This was every day, average people given a personal invitation to experience a connection with the creator of the universe, come down from heaven to earth in the body of a human being sent to bring restoration to all of creation. And their response was one of wonder and of praise. I think in that moment, these average everyday people came and experienced something. And there was just, just as like the angels were radiating the glory of God, I believe in all my heart that in that moment when they saw the baby Jesus, that something radiated off of him and connected with their soul. And they knew, they just knew that this baby, this was the one who had come to save all of humanity. And their response was wonder and praise. And when they came to the place where Jesus was, something happened inside each one of them and they were overcome with a sense of mystery and of power and wonder and hope. This is what it means to meet Jesus. It's incredible when we can meet him. And just like the shepherds were invited to participate in the wondrous moment long ago, we too are given that same invitation. That's what I love about the Bible is it's, it's not just written in a, in a two-dimension. It's written for us to experience it as well. And I love that about God is he's always asking for us. He's always inviting us. He's always saying, come with me. And in this moment, it could have been just so easy for the angels to come down and say, hey, we're making this announcement to everybody. Just everybody be on notice that the Savior's coming, get yourselves ready because he's going to judge everybody. Like that's what he could have done. But God instead came down to average individuals who were doing their job and said, you will find him. If you search for him, you will see him. This is exactly what you'll experience. And when they got there, their lives were changed. And he's inviting us today into that exact same thing. God is calling each one of us. He is bidding us to come and to experience the mystery and the power and the wonder and the hope that is found in a relationship with Jesus Christ. He is the creator of the universe. He is the king of kings. He is the Lord of lords. He is the friend of sinners. He is the hope of nations. He is the God in the flesh. And our invitation is to come just as we are. That's what's beautiful about this. He didn't say, clean yourself up. Just as the shepherds did in the middle of our routine, we are invited to come. In the middle of our day with our smelly, ratty clothing, these guys didn't take showers before they went. They didn't bathe. They didn't put on their best clothes. They literally got up after they had cleaned up sheep poop all day long, right? They did the same thing over and over all day long. And when they heard this message, they went just as they were. They were curious. They were expectant. And they heard and they responded. That's exactly what God is calling for each one of us. He's saying, no, no, no I, don't, I don't want you to get your act together first. I want you to come and experience me. I want you to come in your mess. I want you to come the way that you are because I love you that way. And I will change your life, not because you did anything. And I will show you that if you come, that I will change you and I will transform you. And this is the central core of Advent. It is the responding from the heart. That is the core of Advent. It is responding from the heart. It is waiting desperately for the Savior to do something in our life from the heart. It is seeking after God from our heart, wanting him, allowing him to transform us It is the wonder of God. It is responding and allowing him to transform us and to do something incredible to reach us and give us hope and mystery in our life. He answers the questions that we are so desperately seeking answers, the the questions that we're seeking for. Responding. It is hearing God speak to us and allowing that to translate into response. The Advent-driven life truly is driven by a wonder of what God has done and has done through Jesus. The shepherds understood that when they met him, that his arrival changed everything. And God was willing to do something dramatic and something unprecedented to prove his love for us. And the natural response when coming face-to-face with Jesus is wonder and praise. And so if you're taking notes today, I encourage you to write this down. This is our big idea. This is kind of the main main thought of the day. In your program, there's some notes page there. You could write this down. The big idea is that we are invited to experience the wonder of God in the middle of our everyday lives. We are are invited to experience the wonder of God in the middle of our everyday lives, just like the shepherds did, just like they did. They were just doing their job, doing their thing. And, and, And God came to them and said, I invite you to something greater, something that will change the trajectory of your life forever and of all of humanity. And he says the same thing to each one of us. He's saying right where you're at, in the middle of your work day, in the middle of your school day, when you find yourself in a traffic jam, when you are at home, when you have just broken up with a boyfriend or a girlfriend, when your marriage is is in trouble, when you can't figure out how to pay your bills and your budget doesn't match up when you can't figure out how I'm going to buy all the Christmas presents that I need to purchase or I'm not sure how I'm ever going to be able to to move forward in, in a relationship or in my job. Whatever it is in your particular life, God is inviting you to come and find him in that space and he promises to meet you there. He is Emmanuel. He is God with us. That means he promises to be present in the middle of whatever it is. Whatever it is, he's big enough to handle it. He has experienced similar emotions because he lived on earth. He's inviting us to experience the wonder of God in the middle of our everyday lives. And we do that daily. And how, what does it do to us? It One thing it does is it transcends our tangible issues. I kind of mentioned that it when we have a wonder about who God is, when we when we take time to separate ourselves from what's going on, and we spend some time with Him, maybe in prayer, maybe just while you're driving, and you just speak, God, I need Your help. I don't know what to do. I'm just I just want to experience You in my life. I need You to show up in my life. I'm coming after You. I'm coming to find You. Would You would You show Yourself to me? You just speak honestly. And when it happens, when you have a moment with Him, something happens inside of you, and it creates a like that childlike wonder that the God of the universe, sees you. I mean, imagine that. that. That inspires wonder to me. I have had moments with God when I have felt the presence of the living God, the one who created the stars and the sun and set physics into motion and all of these things. I have experienced him. And when I have, it inspires wonder. And that wonder then transcends every issue that I'm dealing with in my life. For a moment, I know that it is, that it is going to be okay. The wonder of God transcends my tangible issues. It also brings peace in my life. I, I experience a peace in my heart when I experience God daily. That's what we're called to in the middle of our daily lives, to experience him, to spend time and to get to know him. And it brings peace. It doesn't mean your problems get solved right away. but What it does mean is that there's a peace there. I was always struck by uh, we, we hear about isis all the time and and early on in this this scare where we we didn't really fully know who isis was there was a bunch of christians who were pulled out onto a beach and later they were martyred for their faith and and it was this i think what was missed in the story that came out maybe a week or so later was that they were overheard what these christian men and women were saying they were they were calling on the name of jesus in the middle of the moment when they were about to lose their heads I mean, there was a peace that took place in their hearts. Somehow, how? How can you have a peace in a moment where you knew you were about to lose your life? How does that happen? It happens because they were in a moment where they were experiencing the living God in a place where a man could not do anything about it. There was nothing that could take them away from their peace that they had because they were experiencing Jesus in that moment. It transcended their issue right then and there but it also brought them peace in the middle of it. That's it's incredible. When we experience the presence of God in our life, it brings us peace. Another thing that it does, and it did for the shepherds and has done for 2,000 years, is it illuminates and it dispels the darkness. There is darkness all around us. Literally, it dispelled darkness when the presence of God, heaven opened up and light shined into the dark place where the shepherds were living. But figuratively, it transforms the world around us. When we experience, God, something happens to us. We become different, and then we begin to radiate that same light. God's love, God's light radiates off of us and begins to shine in the darkness of other people's lives. I can't tell you how many times that I have been able to speak hope or life or love into someone who is hurting. All of that stuff is represented by darkness. When you see someone who's hurting, when you see relationships that are broken, when you see people stealing from each other or violent acts happening, that is enemy, that is evil, that is darkness. And God is light, he is love. And so when we experience God, that light then shines out from us. And as we act like he does, we begin to shine and dispel the darkness around us. And then other people can experience the wonder of God. That's what it's all about. We are all invited. All of humanity has been invited to experience the wonder of God because it changes everything. And this is why we worship and why we gather every week and we worship because we sing to him in the wonder of who he is. All the things that we experience when we encounter the living God, it inspires us with wonder And the result is an outpouring of praise. That's one of the reasons we have three E's as a church. Experience, explore, express. We want to express what God has done inside of us. When we experience him, and we explore what a life through him looks like, our only only fathomable response is to express it outwardly. Because he is good and deserves that praise. That is why Jesus said that we need faith like a child. He said that. He said If you're going to come to me, if you're going to come into the kingdom of God, you need to have faith like a child. And what does that mean? I think it means like a wonder. I think it means an awe of who God is and an excitement over it. Let us come curiously and expectantly to encounter Jesus each week of our lives. Let's not lose that wonder. Some of you remember the day that you met Jesus for the first time. You remember what it was like if you think about it. That moment that changed everything. You were so excited because you felt something deep inside of you. God was calling you out of a place of darkness or difficulty. And he was saying, I'm with you. Come to me. That's the beauty of this moment is that some of us have forgotten what it was like to experience that wonder of that first moment but it's there for us. If we experience God on a daily basis, on a regular basis, he will bring us back to that place if we would just open our eyes to see it. Let us experience his presence in our lives and allow him to transform us. This is why we come every Sunday, to give us a place corporately together to experience God and to say, let's allow God to change us into the people that he wants us to be. Let us experience the wonder of God in the middle of our everyday lives. And let's give him the worship and the praise that he deserves. Would you close your eyes and pray with me? God, would you inspire wonder inside of us? We have waited for you in our lives. We have called out to you. We have sought after you. We seek you. We intentionally choose to seek you and to find you. And you have promised us that when we ask, that we will find you. When we, when we seek, that we will find you. When we knock, the door will be opened. But today we want to have an awe over what you have done. We celebrate Christmas because it is a beautiful thing. That God in heaven came down to earth literally in the body of a human being. So that we could have hope and life and power. That we could have a reconnection with our creator and live good life and have belonging so God inspire that wonder inside of us in Jesus' name amen thanks for listening to this week's podcast if you call Encounter Church home or if you'd like to partner with us to support the work that God is doing here you can take advantage of our online giving option just go to EncounterGiving.com also stay up to date with us throughout the week by following us on Facebook Twitter and Instagram at Encounter PGH. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.